everybody. Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast. This is a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. In this episode, you're going to hear from Executive Pastor Mike Beresford in the most recent Engage and Equip Live. In this meeting, he was talking about prayer and some of the really practical ways that we can pray for other people. Quick side note, at one point, he says that we're going to take about 10 minutes to practice praying together. But don't worry, we've clipped that part out, so don't worry about skipping ahead. Thanks for listening. So I've been talking in staff as we were looking at topics and prayer and evangelism are things that everybody knows about until it comes time to do it. And then it's like, I'm not sure. And so we thought, well, let's just take some of the topics that we all know about so it's nice and comfortable and review them. And, and tonight... I don't want to talk about prayer in general. I want to talk about prayer and praying for someone. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to take about 15 minutes and just kind of walk down through some specifics about praying for somebody. And then we're going to take 15 minutes and we're going to practice. We're going to pray for each other. Now, one of the things that I've noticed in my 41 years of pastoring is how many times we pray without thinking? We just kind of gush into it because, after all, we should know how we should do this. Um, and I've listened to people's prayers over the years, and, and it's amazing what people pray. Um, maybe they're nervous. Maybe they're just don't know. Um, but it's important that we pray, many times the Bible says that we pray according to God's will. That means that we pray in the way that God wants us to pray for the things that he wants in our lives. And that's one of the reasons I appreciate um, Nick's five prayer group or rules for small groups. One of them is, how would Jesus pray for this? Because Jesus, knowing the Father and, and being part of the clan, knows what the Father would want prayed in that moment. And for us, we learn most of those things through knowing God's Word. And so I want to just walk through some basics. Does everybody have a handout? If you don't, there's some more over here. And uh, Nellie, well, if you need one, raise your hand and Nellie will get it to you. Thank you, Vanna. Um, so the first thing that, that we want to do is just simply invite God into the situation, into the conversation. And remember that prayer is a conversation. It's not meant to be a monologue. It's meant to be a dialogue. And dialogue has speaking and listening. And so inviting God into the conversation, the situation. Be thinking about how does the Bible speak to this? Um, I asked Vince if I could could share this. About three years ago, we had, Estel and I just got to town. Um, we had the privilege of having some young guys in our home for a number of weeks, a number of months on Monday nights and sometimes Saturday morning, just talking about the work of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit and, and prayer specifically. And Vince was um, needing to pray through some things in his own life and his growth. And we had talked, and I said, okay, Vince, let's pray about it. And I said, you pray. So he, he started praying, and, and I said, stop. 
He kind of looked at me weird. He's like, nobody's ever interrupted my prayer before. But I said, is what you're praying biblical? He stopped, and he, and he thought about it for a while, put his MDiv to work, and he was like, no. I said, okay, then know where you want to go, know what the Bible says, and let's start over. And when he did, there was, there was breakthrough. Um, the difference was not sincerity. He was sincere the first time. It wasn't a bad prayer, but it wasn't necessarily what God had for him. And when he went to the Word and thought about that and prayed what God had for him, there was an answer. And, and so we have to think, how does God's Word inform this topic, this situation? How would Jesus pray in this instance? What would he be concerned about? One of the things we often pray for are the symptoms of what's going on, not the root. When you go to the doctor, he may give you something for the symptoms, but that's not what he's thinking. He's not treating your symptoms. It's not enough just to get rid of the cough. He wants to get rid of the pneumonia. That's the root. Be aware of gender and be appropriate. If you're in a closed-off space and it's, it's you as a guy and a, and a female, you might consider, okay, who else is around here that I could invite to pray with us? Can we go to a more open area? Um, how is touch used? There's power in human touch, but there's also can be fear and confusion in human touch if it's in a wrong setting. Um, seek what the Holy Spirit is saying before you decide what you're going to say. Often it's very appropriate when you, somebody wants you to pray for them just to pause and even to say, let's pause for a second and see what, if, how God would have us pray. And then just take 15 seconds. It might feel like an eternity at first, but be thinking, how is God wanting to uh, step into this situation? What's his word going to say? Is there a word that comes to mind? Is there a phrase? Is there a verse? then you can begin your prayer around that. Use as few words as possible while being complete in your thought. Many times we just get verbose because we're not real sure where we're going. And people pray and pray and you pray and it's like, okay, let's get there. And, and it can be distracting as praying for the wrong thing can be. Uh, be aware of your environment. If you're in a very noisy place, let's say somebody stops you in the lobby and they're obviously concerned with something and they ask you to pray, maybe just step over to the edge of the lobby so you don't have people passing you and running into you. Maybe just step into the back of the sanctuary if, if it's in between services or before or after, just so it's a little bit quieter and it's a little bit freer for the person to talk in a way that they are free to talk. And then practice confidentiality. When we pray, we shouldn't gossip, and a lot of people do. Oh, we pray for so-and-so, and they're going through this, Lord, and you know all the facts, but in case you don't, I'll rehearse them for you. And that's not appropriate because everybody else is listening to part of the story, and they're listening to a part of a story that's none of their business anyway. And so be aware of what you're praying 
And if somebody hasn't given you permission to talk about something publicly, don't pray about it publicly because it's, it's personal to them. On, on the second page, just a couple of things. Be persistent. Jesus used parables, and he, he talked about that in Luke 18, to be persistent in your prayer. It doesn't mean that you need to say the same prayer over and over and over right then. But you may need to pray for somebody and then ask them next time you say, them, hey, we prayed for that last week. How's it going? Well, I've seen some response, but well, let's pray again. When you leave that person, put it in your prayer journal. Pray for them daily and see what's going on in their life next time you see them. Um, the effectiveness of prayer isn't dependent upon the emotional state of either person. It can be, it can be emotional, but more than likely it won't be, but that doesn't mean that nothing's happening. And so you have to talk to people in, how's, what's going on? We prayed about this. I've been praying for you. Can you give me any update? I want to keep praying for you if need be. Otherwise, I want to thank God for his answer. Be expectant. Um, I think that's one that I've seen where people have prayed for something and God did something and they were surprised. And it's like, oh, he answers prayer. Yeah, he does. That's his habit. But he doesn't answer every prayer. He answers prayers according to his will. He answers prayers according to what he wants to produce in our lives or in their life. And so it's, it's important um, but when we come to God with expectancy, that's faith. Now, one of the things that we often also do when it comes to faith is we stop short of faith, and we pray for what can be accomplished without God. We need to pray for what can be accomplished with only God, because that's what faith is for. It's when we run out of stuff, when we run out of distance, God steps in. Well, you don't need faith to do what you can accomplish. That's just called talent. We need faith to step in when talent stops. And so it says to come boldly before the throne of grace. What's that mean? It means not just to be blatant, but to come boldly and ask for more than you can do. Put it in the realm of what God wants to do. Believe that there we go. Believe that God will answer. That requires a belief that God will answer. Faith on your part is not necessarily required, but Paul says, yes, you need to believe in faith. James talks about believing in faith that you may not know the specifics of what's going to happen, but our faith isn't in the specifics. Our faith is in God. God's big enough and concerned enough to do what he wants to do in this situation. Sometimes we pray for specific results when we really don't know. You may know what specifically needs to happen. You can pray for that if it's according to God's will, if it's according to what God has for us, and you know that by the word. There may be times when you don't know, and so we just invite God into the situation and trust him in it and praise him for his involvement in it. 
and, and that's so very, very important. Um, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The next one is, is a bit tricky, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. That's like, oh, goody, let's go to Disneyland. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. That doesn't give a Christian license to pray for anything. It gives a Christian the confidence to pray for what God wants for us. Not what we want from God, but for what God wants for us. And if it's that, then we can boldly go after it. We can persistently go after it. There's a, a basic format. If, if praying for somebody is new to you, and this is over on page two on the left side column, this sounds a whole lot more formal than it is. The interview is just, you know, might be, hi, my name's Mike. How can I pray for you today? What's going on that led you to the place of wanting prayer? That's the interview. Listening then, well, this is going on in my life. And, and maybe while they're talking or while you see them approaching, you're asking God, okay, God, how do you want me to pray for them? What should I be listening for? And they begin to talk, and you begin to listen, but you begin to listen on two planes, one spiritually to God, and then one to them. And in every conversation, I don't remember, does this have a pointer? In every conversation, you've got the Holy Spirit, the one who needs prayer, and the person praying, and you have two conversations going between all of those. God is speaking to this person, but he's also speaking to you, and you're speaking to them, and them to you. And so it gives you opportunity to actually slow down and to pray. Now, to do that, and slow down is not my favorite word of anything, but you have to quiet your heart. You have to get rid of the noise in order to hear what God's saying to you. And so you have to be in a right place. And so when they're coming up to you, you can be asking, okay, God, how can I pray appropriately for this person? What would you have me know for them? Now, when they're answering, you're thinking, okay, is this physical? Is this emotional? Is it spiritual? Is this surface? Is there something else going on? And you'll have that nudge in your heart that, to ask some more questions and, and find out what's really going on. Most people will tell you about a symptom that they're dealing with. That's really not the issue. And so just through some questions, some um, listening to the Holy Spirit and, and some promptings, you might get down to something that they really need to talk about. Or you may just pray it later, and they're like, you know what, that's really what I'm dealing with. So then, what kind of prayer are you going to pray? Is it a prayer that requires spiritual war warfare and, and authority? Is it a prayer of just agreement with them? Is it a prayer of thanksgiving? Is it a prayer of really needing something in their life? 
And so you kind of go through, okay, how am I going to pray for them? And then praying, engaging. One of the things that I encourage you strongly to do is when you begin to pray, Kent Rawhauser is amazing at this. If you've ever prayed with Kent, the first 30 seconds at least, at a minimum, out of his mouth is worship and praise. He knows who he's praying to. And what that does is it, it sets the tone of what this prayer is about. And it humbles us because we're, we're worshiping an almighty God. You know, Father, you are all-knowing. You're, you're compassionate. You're whatever the prayer's leading you to. He just does a wonderful job of walking right down that pathway before he ever asks for anything. Here's a test for you. Next time you're in a prayer time, listen to how fast it takes you to get to the list. I've been amazed at being in groups. And I say, you know what, let's take a few minutes and let's just praise God. Let's just thank God for who he is. And it's like 10 seconds, somebody starts in on a list. And it's like, no, no, that's not why we're doing this right now. We're worshiping him. We're setting our hearts up to come before boldly the throne of grace. We're recognizing who it is that we're standing in front of. And it makes all the difference in the world in how we pray. If we know who we're praying to. And that person has confidence in us in our prayer because it's not about our prayer. It's about the God we're praying to. And we recognize that. And that is, that is so critical and so important. And then afterwards where it says post-prayer discussions, it might be, you know, this is something that you can thank God for. Or I want to encourage you to... Find some scriptures in the Word that talk about what we just prayed about and, and meditate on those. Think about those and keep them in front of your eyes because God's going to work in those ways. Or you can say, you know, this is something that we can be persistent about. We can, I'll pray with you. I'd love to meet you next Sunday morning or next week for coffee or whatever the situation is and, and just talk about what God is doing. And... And it sets up an expectation that God will do something which increases our faith. And it brings him to a focal point. What we're going to do is we're going to take uh, 10, 12 minutes here. And I want you to pray for each other. Now, pair off in twos, threes, so whichever is fine. Um, if you're not comfortable in this, Good because that's the purpose of this exercise. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. We've all learned to pray one for another, and it's biblical. It's good. And kind of walk through in your mind. Um, there's nothing magical about that format, but it is a good format just to kind of keep things in perspective and who you're talking to. Now, I know that everybody's got a need, so we don't have to fake this. We can actually do this because there's a lot of needs in the room and that need to be brought up. If you don't want to share something that's confidential, then say something that's, that's not quite as confidential if you don't feel comfortable. And, but let's actually pray. And um, when you get done with that prayer, 
reshuffle or just the other one can take the lead and keep going until I'll call us back in 10, 11 minutes. Okay? So get noisy. Okay, if I could have your attention back for a few minutes, I want to talk just a little bit about spiritual warfare. When something falls into the category of spiritual warfare, um, it's not after the flesh. It's something that's after the spirit world. You and I are not, um, we live in the, in, the, in the flesh. It's flesh and bones and us. Um, when it's spiritual warfare, that means that the attack is, is directly from Satan. It's from the enemy. Now, it's interesting. The enemy does not have free reign to come after us all the time. It's only at permission of God. Um, yesterday in the passage, it said, Jesus said to Judas, he said, um, this is the hour of darkness. And there was a time element on that. He'd given permission. Um, Jesus told Peter, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. In <laughs> the bad news, I said, okay, but only to the point that I want him to. And when you come back, it'll be so you can strengthen the brethren. And so he has free reign outside of God's kingdom, but he doesn't have free reign just to take pot shots at you whenever he wants. God is in control. Um, so it's not after the flesh. It's the struggle against the forces of evil. There's a realization that some people have, some people don't. There's a war going on. There's a war between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And we get involved in that. Uh, not daily, maybe, but sometimes it sure feels like that. And, and we have to be aware that we're not just in ourselves up to taking on Satan. But there's provision in God's word and in the kingdom to use the words of Jesus and the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus to come against him and stop. But we don't go looking for a fight. We don't just go out looking and trolling to see where we can come up against Satan. That's foolishness. Several times it says to resist the devil. Now it says he will flee from you, but it doesn't. It means that when he comes at us, we resist him. We stop, and we, we have that ability to say no. In Jesus' name, I refuse that. In Jesus' name, I'm not going there. And then f move on. Um, we're not set to do battle with him. Uh, be, but when we do, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It's not in the flesh. We're strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And so we're paying attention to what does God's word specifically say about this because those are the areas that Satan will attack. He's not going to attack something that doesn't affect you and God. If you're living in the in worldliness and in the flesh, he doesn't care. You're already doing the work he wants done. But the moment you begin to truly focus on kingdom activity and the things that God wants to do, that's when he's likely to show up. And that's when you have permission and the authority to use the name of Jesus and to go after what's right. Um, we don't attack the people that Satan might be using. 
They are not the enemy. We attack Satan. We resist him. The people that may be carriers, may be messengers, they need Jesus too. And if we're hateful against them, how do we win them? And so you have to look at who is being, who's saying what and why. And if it sounds like the enemy, it probably is the enemy. Don't go after them. Resist the devil. Speak against them and maybe save them some heartache. Um, by way of, we're not going to practice anything here, but I, I want to tell a story that happened to us, Estelle and I, last week, a week ago, Wednesday. And was it last Wednesday? Anyway, um, it was a day that there was quite a bit on my plate, and I got up about 5.30, quarter to 6, and went into our closet, and I flipped the light on and sat down. And, and I've had uh, headaches and some vision issues in the past. And when I looked up at about 2 o'clock, everything this way was like I was looking through crinkled cellophane. Now, I've been dealing with this bout of pain since last June. And so I'm like, I can't handle one more thing. I'm thin already, and I just can't handle one more thing. And I just began to go every place except where I should have gone. After felt like a long time, it was probably seven or eight minutes, I yelled at Estel. She woke up, came in, said, what? I told her what was going on, and she began to pray. But not like I anticipated her praying. I'm going to let her tell you how she prayed and why. I was half asleep. <laughs> Three quarter. <laughs> but my spirit was awake. <laughs> and I just was, I just remember saying, Father, what's going on here? What, what, what is all this again? And um, I just felt like the Lord started showing me things about what Mike was going to do that day and how the enemy didn't want that to happen. And I was very irritated <laughs> because just like, doggone it. Um, so I just began to pray for Mike, and, um, and I didn't just pray that God would take the headache away. I started to pray um, scriptures that God brought to my mind because praying God's word is God's word, and it never loses its power. And it accomplishes that for which it was sent. And it says in the, in the Bible that God gives us weapons of warfare, and one of them is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's much better than anything I can pray. It's the Word of God. It's not something I pray. And it has nothing to do with me. Um, most of the time, I don't remember things I pray for people. I just do say what God tells me to say, and then the rest is his business. It's not my business. And I gave up long ago being so concerned about the outcome because that's his responsibility. I'm just doing my part in being obedient. That's the big one, being obedient to do and say what he's asking me to do and say. So I prayed for Mike and I prayed that, um, like the word said, that no weapon formed against 
what my that what God had for us would be able to stand and I prayed for God to cover him and I prayed other scriptures that came from my mind and so I stopped and said are you feeling any better and when she said that I opened my eyes and and this was gone but it was still here so I prayed for him some more and I said um, we are your children father and Mike's got stuff you have given him to do today so would you um, give him your power and your grace to do what you've given him to do or you wouldn't be asking him to do this and she said open your eyes I did and it was gone and she went back to bed yeah <laughs> she never did pray for my healing she did mention several things specifically that were on my calendar and and I've learned a lot from her. God knew I was really going to be screwed up, and so he gave me my own personal intercessor. But, and I didn't want that story, I don't want you to worry about me, and I don't want you to inflate her, because that's not the point. The point is, is that when we come to the Father, he gives us what he wants us to have, he gives us what he wants us to pray, so that we can pray effectively in the face of the enemy. And the enemy has no right to stay. Now, there was some persistence. No, it's not all gone. So she just prayed again. I didn't ask her to pray again. She was like, guess we're not done, and just went back at it. And, and that's okay. That's sometimes necessary. Sometimes it's necessary to stop and say, you know what? We need to take this a step further. We need, to, we need to give up something and seek God in its place because what God could bring us is far more important and far more profitable than what we could accomplish in that, and that's called fasting. And, and there have been times in our lives when we've done that. So... What Estelle didn't say was she didn't ask how God wanted her to pray when she got to me. She had already been praying that from her side of the bed around and into the closet. When she got to me, I just told her what the symptoms were, and she went into prayer. And I'm sitting there thinking, pray for me, realizing she is. And, and I said, how come you did that? And she said, I didn't sense in my spirit that it was anything medical. So she didn't pray that way. And so practice quieting your heart, bringing calm to your thoughts, and then listening. How do you want me to pray? It's usually not complicated. All of this tonight has been very, very simple because prayer is meant to be just communication between you and the Father. That's how you build relationship. That's where transformation starts. And so I just want to encourage you, practice. If this isn't common to you, practice. Somebody you trust and talk about your prayers. We treat them like we can't talk about them. No, we can because we want to be good soldiers. We want to be good in battle. And so we need to use our tools well. And God isn't afraid if you mess it up. He knows the intent of your heart. He just wants you to come to him. The invitation is there. Take it. 
and, and get comfortable in that process. Father, thank you that we can dare to come into your throne room. What a gift it is that you have given us to not just come in, but to come in expectantly, to come in boldly. It's amazing that you speak into our spirits by your spirit and give us words to say and give us direction to pray. Help us to be so aware of your presence. Help us to practice your presence so that we can become the, the warriors that we need to be with what's facing us. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us online on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and other apps like that. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or otherwise share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways that we have to reach new listeners. So until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.